Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is great to see you guys. And I want to say welcome back to those of you who've been gone all summer. Or if this is your first time, let's give a warm welcome to some of our students and different people that are making their way back into the building. We're so glad to see you guys. Glad, glad to see you. Glad to have you. We have been in a series for a couple of weeks now entitled A Bright Future Together. That is the operative word here, together. We've been talking about the power and the importance of the church, the body of Christ. And not just going to church, but really being the church if you're a Christian. Like, really, what does that mean and what does that look like here at Brazos Fellowship? That's what we've been unpacking and talking about. So we're going to conclude that today. Um, and, and, of course, like through this entire series, I've been saying the, those of you who are exempt from some of the challenges I've been giving are those who are in the highest risk category, medically speaking, that are watching from home, you need to know that you're one of the number one reasons why we do online services. Now, for those who are not in that category, but have just gotten really comfortable just doing church in your underwear or your pajamas or whatever, um, hey, we would love to see you back here with your clothes on, okay? Like, we'd love to have you back. We want to see you back in the building. And I believe God has great things in store as we come together. Jesus made this promise where two or more are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. There I am among them. His prophetic name, one of many, was Emmanuel, God with us. When he comes, when we come together, there is a power among us that we don't just get, uh, now he's certainly with us when we're by ourselves, but there's a power, there's an extra power that comes together when the body of Christ is together. This is what we've been talking about. I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that and not to miss out on that. Now, to dive into our topic and uh, the message for today, I want to start by asking you a question. Is anybody here like a good deal? Anybody here like a good deal? All right. Yes, of course. We all like a good deal. Now, one of the best deals you can get these days is on consumer-grade fitness equipment, right? Fitness equipment that people have bought, whether it's a treadmill or it's a bike or a rower or something like that, or throwing all the way back to the mid-90s. I remember Leslie and I, we'd only been married for maybe a year and a half, two years, and we were watching TV one night, and there's a commercial came on for the Cardio Glide. You guys remember what the Cardio Glide looked like? Like this, this guy right here? And we were, it was a really convincing commercial. Now, if you go to YouTube and look up Cardio Glide commercial, like what in the world were you guys thinking? But we saw that, and we looked at each other and thought, oh my gosh, this is the thing that's been missing from our lives. This is going to get us in the best shape of our lives. So we plopped down the money. We bought that thing. It shipped to us. We put it together in our living room so we could watch TV while we're working out. And man, we used that thing a couple of times. And then it became a great place. You can hang a lot of shirts right here. 
put dry cleaning on there. The, the towels line up really well. On the, it, it held a lot of laundry, I'm telling you, after a little while. Now, Leslie certainly used it more than I did, that's for sure. But it, was, it became something else. Anybody here ever have fitness equipment that wound up being a holder for laundry or something else? Like, you may not want to raise it real high. Okay, thank you for your honesty, right? We, well, many of us have done this. I can't say we all have done it. Many of us have done this. And the reason that, this is part of the reason why these things are such a good deal. By the way, these things are still for sale on eBay. There's people still trying to get rid of their cardio glides. And I'm not saying nobody ever got in the best shape of their life on a cardio glide. I've just never heard of any, okay? And I used to own one of those. Um, but here's the deal, here's the reason those things are such a good deal is because when we all bought these different pieces of equipment and contraptions to put in our, uh, we, in our homes, we really believed in fitness and exercise and cardiovascular activity. Like, we were all in on that. It wasn't that we didn't believe. We just didn't act on what we believed, right? That's part of the reason why. And so it just was very gently used, hardly used. And now somebody would love to sell it to you so you could use it, hopefully, more than you, they did. But that's part of the reason why they're so, such a good deal. And one of the things that we learn about ourselves when it comes to fitness, along with lots of other areas of our life, is that we don't always act on what we say we believe, right? What we say we believe and what we do sometimes are different things. How many of us have bought memberships that we hardly ever use, right? I mean, that's, that's super common. As a matter of fact, they're probably counting on you not doing it. As long as you keep paying the dues, that's really okay. But not, not for everybody, of course. But I'm telling you, it's one of those things that is a regular part of our behaviors that what we say we believe and what we, be, what we believe and what we behave don't always line up. There's not congruency there. There's a disconnect sometimes. And one thing that we learn about, especially in the world of fitness, is that believing alone makes absolutely no difference when it comes to your health. You can believe like really hard, like all day long, but if you don't do anything about it, it doesn't change anything. Doing makes all, all the difference. Now, I, I can prove it to you. Have you ever worked out with a bad attitude? Maybe you're the whole time you're like, this is not doing anything for me, right? I don't know if I'm getting any fitter. I don't know if I'm getting, and if you are consistent, you will prove yourself wrong. You'll look in the mirror one day and go, dang, I'm getting, I look well, I look better. Like I'm getting fitter, oh my goodness, All right? You don't even have to fully believe if you're doing. It's, it's powerful. It's amazing how doing, there's such power in it. Now, Another thing that's also true is having a partner makes a huge difference. There's all kinds of research around this. Whether you're talking about fitness, or you're talking about spiritual growth, you're talking about consistency on anything, is that it's much easier to, ah, uh, not today, if you don't think anybody's waiting on you, right? It's really easy to show up. It's much easier to show up when somebody's counting on you to show up. They're there waiting on you. In other words, accountability counts. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12 talks about this, where um, King Solomon says that two are better than one. If one falls down, he's got a buddy, somebody to pick him up help him up. And if he gets attacked, they can stand back to back and defend each other, right? It's much better to have somebody with you. 
And this is an immutable, unchangeable law for us spiritually and in every other way as we go through this life. We need each other. And these principles I'm sharing with you about fitness apply beautifully to your spiritual life. There is a powerful and strong parallel to both of these things. That everything we say we believe, we don't always do. And we need a buddy right? And it's very true that many of us have had those moments where we have said, oh yes, I believe, but we had a real hard time following through. Let's be really honest with ourselves for just a moment. We're not always quick to forgive, are we? It's hard, especially if it really offended you. If it really hurt somebody you loved, it's hard to forgive, isn't it? It's hard to love your neighbor sometimes. It's really hard to love your enemy. And did you know Jesus commanded both? The person that irks you, the person that everything about them is the absolute uh, antithesis of you. They're politically opposite from you. They're, their worldview's opposite from you. I mean, everything about them just kind of disgusts you. Do you love that person? This is Jesus' command. He was pretty straightforward about this. Very few Christians give generously. And this is also something Jesus taught. For many of you who would claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, you have never been baptized as a believer, a first public step of following and discipleship of Jesus. And Jesus was really clear about this command. But we kind of treat it like it's optional. Putting other people first in our life. It's hard, isn't it? It's not easy. How much do we say, I'm going to work on that. I'm going I'm to concentrate effort, pray for, get accountability, and get better at that. I just want you to know here at Brazos Fellowship that it is not enough just to believe. Like, I love seeing hands go up at the end of the service. I hope you do too. That is people actually making spiritual commitments, and it is beautiful, and it is awesome. But it must move beyond belief. It must move beyond just a raised hand. If that is the last step in your spiritual growth, you have missed, I'm telling you, have missed a huge portion of what Jesus intended, that the belief must move to behave, that Jesus called us to be disciples, followers. What does that mean? To follow him, follow what he taught, what he commanded. Take it seriously. He gave his life so that we could have eternal life, and he turns around and says, now I want you to be living sacrifices that you would give your life for me. And not only do you owe that to me, but it is the absolute best thing for your soul to do that. Do we treat that like it's real and it's serious and it is true? And that is so critical for us to be able to answer that question. In other words, how did Jesus teach us to apply our discipleship? And the answer to that is together. We have a bright future together. He wants us to do this in community. He wants us to do it with each other. And this is so critical, so important. And throughout the New Testament, I counted this week, there were about 59 one another's in the Bible that you cannot obey unless you are in a small group, unless you are connected to the body of Christ in community with other Christians growing with them. 
You can't do them. I'm gonna give you just a little sample of some of the one anotherings of the New Testament that we're commanded to do. These are not optional. These are like we need to, we have to do these. God's called us to do them. Here's what the, the list goes, looks like. It says, care for one another, help one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, share with one another, forgive one another, accept one another, submit to one another. That one's tough, right? They're all a little hard. To restore, restore one another? Wow, carry one another's burdens. Well, I don't want to get too personal. I don't want to get up in their business. Does it doesn't say you get an out if it's too personal, right? It's offer. It's I'm here. I love you. I want to help. All these one anotherings, they work best in community. They work best in a small group context. You see, what we're being shown here and what I want you to see today as we go through this, it's not enough to have a private belief. It should not stay a private belief. It must become a public behavior. And we go public by living it out with other believers. We do this in each other's homes and dormitories and we do it here at church and we do it in our workplaces and we do it everywhere we go. We live it out and we do it with other believers and we pray for each other, we support each other, we we give each other access and like you can call me, it doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m., I'll pray for you, I'll be there for you. We need friends like that who are followers, seriously following Jesus. They're not perfect, well none of us are perfect, but that we're taking it seriously. This is what the body of Christ, when it's working right, when it's working well, it does for each other. It's powerful. Now, I want to turn our focus to the writer of Hebrews, chapter 10. And what I want you to see here is that the writer of Hebrews begins to bring together these two big concepts of belief and behavior. And he begins to bring them together in such a way that he's showing us that these are not a either-or, it is a both and. It is something that must go together. Let's take a look at this together. Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to start with verse 19. And here's what the writer of Hebrews says. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have, let's read these highlighted words together this morning, right? Since we have confidence, and isn't confidence just another word for faith? Like this is something that we believe in, right? This is our belief. We have confidence to enter the most holy place, God's presence, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Now, this writer of Hebrews is writing to a predominantly Jewish audience, and he's talking about something that is astounding. It is, it is absolutely a game changer. For the first time in the history of God's people, they're able to access God. We are able to access God without a temple. That Jesus is our temple, and he is our high priest. We go through him. Is because of his sacrifice on our behalf that forgives us of sins if we receive that gift and we follow him as Lord of our life. And he goes on to say this. He says, and since we have a great, great priest, this is Jesus, over the house of God. Yeah, so he's the great priest over the house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance, there's another word for faith and belief, full assurance that faith 
brings. And now, in this next verse, he's going to pivot. He's going to transition now from talking about belief. He's kind of said, here's your construct. Here's, here is the basis, the foundation, if you will, of our belief system. It is on Jesus. He's the only reason and way we can access a holy God. That's it. Now that you have the belief, what do you do with the belief? Here's what he says in the next verse. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. So let us hold without movement. Let us hold in, in a confident, foundational kind of way. This is our belief, right? And now he's going to pivot. And he's not going to say, or, he's going to say, and. You got this belief so that and, this is attached to it, right? And, let's read the highlighted words. He says, and let us, this is a group project. This is something we do together, not solo. It's what we do all together. And let us consider, what are we supposed to consider? What are we supposed to carefully consider? How we may spur one another on. Now, this word spur means to stir up or provoke, stoke the fires in somebody else, to stir up. This is a powerful metaphor that he's using here. He's saying, I want you to stir up. I want you to provoke. What are we supposed, to what end? Why? Why are we spurring one another on? What is it that we're supposed to spur one another on to? He tells us in the next part of the verse, here's what he says, towards love and good deeds. Wow. Love and good deeds should go beyond belief to behave. We should put our faith in action. This is belief in action that we ought to spur one another on. What does that look like? This is that moment in the gym. We'll go back to our gym metaphor. This is the moment where your buddy, your girlfriend, whoever is there saying, come on, one more rep. You can do it. Come on, don't give up, right? Come on, 10 more meters on the rower, on the bike. Come on, one more calorie. Burn one more calorie. Come on, you can do it. In the Christian life, it's somebody saying, come on, I'll help you, and I'll pray for you. Forgive. Let that go. Come on. You know you were in the wrong. You need to go apologize. These are hard, hard things to do. You need the Spirit of God, and you need the people of God to help you. It is dying to self. It's being willing to put other people first. You need people encouraging you, lovingly praying for you, helping you to do, I need that. We all need that. It is critical to our growth spiritually. Love spurring us on to love and good deeds. The verse goes on to say, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. In other words, this writer of Hebrews is showing us there is this divine correlation between community, God's community, and faithfulness to God. There is a divine correlation. Let me say it again. When we distance and isolate ourselves from the body of Christ, eventually, over time, you will feel yourself being isolated from God himself. 
Because he's saying, I have created you to be in community. I have created you to be a part of that body. It happens over time. And here's why. We, not you, are the body of Jesus Christ. We are the body of Christ. Not you individually. This is hard for us to get in this individualistic nation that we live in, where it's all about you, customized for you, just for you, and we become risk-averse, we become pain-averse, anything that's hard, anything that's uncomfortable, anything that's different, anything that we don't want to do, we have a hard time getting ourselves to do it. We just give up on the faith too easy sometimes, and I've seen it happen too much. If you abandon his community, you may in time abandon your faith. This breaks my heart, guys. In roughly 30 years of pastoral ministry, this is one of the hardest things that I have seen happen to people I love, people in my own family. I already believe all that stuff. I don't need to go to church. I'm good. There's no sermon they're going to give me that I haven't already heard. It's not even about that. Don't you see? You need that body. You need to be connected. There's a strength there. There's a love there that you can't generate on your own. There's a power that happens when you are amongst and a part of the body of Jesus Christ. Your kids need this. My kids need this. We all need this. It's powerful. And those of you that are college students that are here in the room, whether you're a Blinn or a and it doesn't matter. While you are here, one of the greatest things you could do for yourself spiritually is to plug into the body of Christ. It doesn't even have to be Brazos Fellowship. I don't care. We would love to have you here, but we want you to plug in somewhere. You need that. You need someone that's walking with you. There are too many pressures. You have stuff coming at you that no other generation has had. It's crazy. You need that support. You need that help. We all need it. But you could come away from this time in college being stronger and prepared to be a leader. Wherever you go on planet, wherever God takes you, you could be prepared spiritually to step into that situation and not cower under the pressures of culture and society, quickly giving in, giving up on your faith which so many people do. The key is finding a place in the body of Christ. And the converse of this is also true, that faith comes alive in community. It really does. It does for me. I've heard so many beautiful stories of people saying, Will, I don't know if I would have made it if it hadn't been for my small group. I've had couples share, we would not have made, our marriage would not have made it if it hadn't been for our small group. We've shared some of those stories on Sunday morning and by way of video. People sharing like this is life-changing. And it's, it's not even any one person. It's not even the Bible study content. It's something about us coming together, genuinely loving each other, creating an atmosphere where we can share, where we can discuss the Word of God. How do we apply this? And we pray for each other, and man, it's dynamite crazy how God uses that. Now let's take verse 25 and put it all together. Here's what he says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, there's that one anothering again, right? Encouraging one another, 
and all the more as you see the day, capital day, this is the day of Jesus' return approaching. This is Jesus, he's saying, you need to be about in this time period, we're still in that time period of waiting, Jesus' return is coming. He says, be about encouraging. This word means to instill courage in someone else, and this is someone else instilling courage in you, and we need to be about doing that. And what, to what end? Again, why? What are we instilling courage for? What is the encouragement for? It is for doing the hard stuff of following Jesus. It's forgiving. It's loving. It's loving enemies. It's loving people that will not return the love. It is learning how to be Jesus in some of the hardest places in this world. We can't do that alone. We need each other to be able to do that. We need to step into those moments and those challenges saying, God, I wanna obey you, I wanna follow you, and I wanna hook arms with some other believers so that I won't slip and fall. We need each other. And let me ask you a personal question right now to get you to think about this. Have you given permission, access to someone who is not your family to be that person to spur you on to act out your beliefs, to spur you on to love and good deeds. Do you have somebody like that in your life? Most don't. I'm going to be honest with you. It is a rare find, but it is worth looking. It is something that people find in small groups but it's opening yourself up to say, I'm willing. And it's not something you're just gonna, like somebody's gonna just show up and say, okay, I'm gonna hold you accountable to live like Jesus. I promise you, you don't want that person, okay? <laughs> They're a little bit over, you need to dial down the horsepower a little bit, all right? Like, you want somebody, you have to ask. That's, that's something we have to invite somebody in <laughs> to do for us these days, 100%. And I just wanna encourage you to consider who that might be for you, that you would go from private belief to public behave, to really beginning to live it out in the context, that you're willing to say, um, I'm not gonna give up meeting together. I'm gonna keep on doing it. This was the challenge he gave us, right? Keep meeting together, keep holding on or maybe you have never met together. You've never been a part of a community, a small group. And now is the time, today's the day, that you need to begin to do that. And I've been talking about small groups today. We're going to be kicking off our small groups here at Brazos Fellowship starting today online. And you may be saying, well, what is a small group? It's just a group of people. It's 10 to 12 people. They meet maybe between two and four times a month, depending on the group. And they come together to do the things I just mentioned, that they come together to share and to discuss God's word, how to apply it, and pray for each other among other things, and it's powerful, and we have men's groups, and we have women's groups, and we have couples groups, whatever your place of life, whatever you're looking for, and we have college groups, right? We have college groups, so you come back tonight, college students, for the 242 kickoff at 6 p.m., and Chris Shepard and his team will help you to know how to take that next step, how to plug in, how to get involved, and what those small groups, how to get plugged into those small groups tonight at 6 p.m. Be here for that if you're a college student. I want to encourage you to be a part of that. It's so powerful. But what I want to encourage you to do, those of you who are not already in a group, today's the day. 
Some of you are feeling even the tug of God. And even if you're not feeling it, I'm telling you, if you're not in a group, I want to encourage you to take that step to acting on your faith and being connected to the body of Christ. Go to our website, brazosfellowship.com, right here on the home page, The bottom left-hand corner, there's a button here, join a group. All you have to do is click on that, right? It's not complicated. And you can look at the groups, the times they're offered, the types of groups that they are, and find a group to start. And check it out. Try it. And, and it's, I'm telling you, I've had so many people say, you know, when I first got there, I didn't really know anybody. But after a few weeks and a couple months went by, and like these people, I really felt like we went beyond the surface and it really became something where we were really connecting with each other. Now, I, I can't promise that's going to happen for every single person, but it's really cool to see how God has used these groups to transform lives because it is a place intentionally created for just that to happen. So here's the, the prayer I want to ask you guys to commit with me today to begin to take belief and put it into action. That belief will turn into behavior, right? Here's the application prayer. It's literally saying, Lord, then I'm going to pray this with you today. I commit today to go beyond mere believing to doing my faith in a small group. I want your will more than mine. I want to do what you put me here to do more than I want to do what I may want to do in the moment right now. I want God's will over Will's will or your will, right? That is a wonderful first step to say, God, that's what I want. And I'm willing to take that step and I want to get plugged into a small group. It's one of the greatest places where that can happen here at Brazos Fellowship. So here's what I'd like to do. I want to lead us in a prayer, and I want to ask you in this prayer if you would just sincerely open your heart up to say, all right, Jesus, I've kind of done the dance on the outside. I've spectated and not participated. I've attended church. I never have become the church. I've never really plugged in. I've never risked it to that level. It's risky, right? It, you got to put yourself out there. You've got to try. You've got to open yourself up. It's like, but I'm telling you it's worth it. Don't let the fear of what might happen keep you from what will happen, that God's going to work in your life. If you would, let's bow together in prayer and let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts that we would have the strength to step out on faith and put our belief in action. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you, God, that today is the day where we're going to transition from mere belief in this particular area to behavior. We're going to let it change the way we live. And Jesus, ultimately, you told us this is what you came for. The one who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house upon the rock. God, help us to be like that. To not merely hear and say, oh yeah, I believe, and not behave, and not let it change the way we live. Help us to stop playing that game. That is not the discipleship you called us to. It is only when we come and die to self where we will truly come alive in you. And I pray, God, all across this room that you would help men and women, students, to begin to make that commitment to say, yes, God, yes, 
it makes me uncomfortable. I'm a little nervous about this, and it's going to be a little awkward probably, but I'm going to do it. God, help us to get past ourselves. We are the thing that's holding us back. This is the breakthrough moment you have created and provided for many people in this room. If we'll just take it, God, help us to do that. All across this room, if you know right now your next step should be to lay yourself aside, say, Jesus, I want to do your will, and I'm going to join a group. I want to pray for you right now. Would you just lift your hands if that reflects your heart? Right all across the room, on the floor, the balcony, anybody here, would you just lift your hand up saying, Will, yes, would you please pray for me? God bless you. I see you in the back, in the front, all across the middle here, across and up in the balcony. Thank you, Lord, for those who are willing to say yes, God. And even those who didn't have the courage to raise their hand, but they're saying yes in their heart. Yes, Lord, I want to do this. I know I need to do this. I know this is the thing that will probably catapult me. This is the game changer that has been missing from my life spiritually, and it's time for me to implement it. God, help us to have the courage to get on the website click on join a group and join one. It's not that difficult, but it could make all the difference in the world to our families, to our future, to our marriages, to us personally. Help us to invite you in, to invite your people in to our life. It's what you created us to do. It's how you created us to live. You may lower your hands And God, I want to pray right now for those in the room that would honestly have to say, I don't know God personally. I don't have an intimate love relationship with Jesus Christ, but I desperately want that right now, right here. I want to know God. I want to know what it's like to live and walk with God daily. I don't want to waste another day being my own God. If that's your cry, your desire today, would you just pray right where you sit, just saying, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life right now. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. When nothing else would have done, no other person, even if they would have, they couldn't have done it for me. You were the one, you were the sinless sacrifice, the blemishless lamb of God who was willing to lay your life down so that I could be forgiven. And your blood was shed so that I could be forgiven and set free from sin. And right now, would you just pray this? Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive my sin. Would you apply your sacrifice to my sins? I receive your forgiveness right now. And not only ask you to forgive my sins, but also to be the Lord of my life. Be my forgiver. Be my Lord. Starting right now. If you just ask Jesus to be your forgiver and your Lord. I'd love to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand up saying, Will, that's me. Today's the day. God bless you, sir. Right back here. Anybody else? I'm placing my belief. God bless you, ma'am, right here. And if you're online, you can indicate, let us know that you accepted Christ today. We'd love to help you. Anybody else giving your life to Christ, Jesus, today? Father, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for transforming lives today. It is only you. And I pray that these hands going up and the beliefs that are being placed in you is just the beginning of a beautiful journey of transformation. That we would truly walk together side by side all the way through this life. And even as we come into your kingdom, God, we do it 
as your people, your children, your sons and daughters of the Most High God. We love you. We pray it all in the powerful, life-changing name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back next weekend. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.